0: Well, wasn't today just a, a great day so far, but I mean, we haven't even, you know, sermon could be trash, and nobody would even care, because everything else was so good, and uh, our, our awesome band did such a good job leading us in worship today, didn't they? They're always awesome. And uh, I didn't think about pickup with the confetti, um, so uh, if anybody wants to, when's youth group? Wednesday night? Okay, we got to Wednesday night, so uh, anyway. But uh, we we started a new series two weeks ago. The last time that we were together, and if you want to get caught up, um, you can you can go online on YouTube or Facebook or in any of those awesome places and get caught up. Uh, but we started a new series called Guardrails, and I want to start with a, a question today. Okay, and the question is this: Have you ever met someone you wish you had never met? Okay, or maybe maybe your kids. Yeah, is there someone that your kids met that you wish I never I, ne- I wish they would have never ever met him maybe it's even your son or daughter-in-law next to you right now who knows all right i don't know i don't know okay but think about it for a minute because we all probably could think of somebody because this is this is so true there's so this is so true folks folks that we've met folks that we've met are connected to our greatest regret right there's always somebody there. Always somebody there that's, that's involved in the story. There was somebody there who they invited us. They, they, they encouraged us. They told us it was okay. They told us they wanted us to be there. And so when it comes to our greatest regrets, there's always somebody there. There's always somebody connected with the story. It's never just us by ourselves. It always involves a, a, a person or two. And, and here's the crazy part is that when it comes to our greatest regrets and the person that's involved with that story, it's, it's, it's not a person who's an enemy. It's not a hostile person. It's actually somebody that we care about. I mean, it's a boyfriend, it's a girlfriend, it's a family member, it's a friend. The truth is, is that our greatest regrets always involve, always involve a person we're in a relationship with. So what does that tell you? What that tells us is that we've got to be careful. We've got to be wise about the people that we allow into our lives. Because it's the people that we allow to be close to us. It's the people that we trust. It's the people that we're vulnerable with that usually get involved in that story that ends up possibly being our greatest regret. Now, when we started this series, we're talking about guardrails because you know what a guardrail is. But just in case you need a little refresher course, a guardrail is a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. Right, And and the place that we usually see them, we see them on on bridges, so you don't don't go off into the water. You you see them on medians, and and they're there for medians, not just so that you don't go into somebody else's lane, but so also somebody doesn't come into your lane as well. And then you see them on curves. Because sometimes a curve comes. Sometimes you think the road is just going to stay straight. And then all of a sudden a curve comes. And so it's very common for people to not see that curve coming. And so what happens is they could run off the road. And so they put medians on curves too. To protect you from the possible changes that may occur. That you may, be not, may, may not be able to see. And the thing about guardrails is they're there to direct us and protect us. To direct us and protect us. And the other thing about guardrails and no one ever argues about this they're always placed in the safety zone they're never in the danger zone so i mean you actually have some room here between you and the danger zone you actually could get a little bit closer to the to the edge of that bridge you could actually get a little bit closer to that that lane of other traffic that's going by you could get a little bit closer to that curve but where do we put guardrails in the safety zone to give you some buffer, to give you that safety gap. And nobody ever argues about that. Nobody ever goes, man, I wish they'd put that, that, that stupid guardrail just a little bit closer to the water so I could just flirt with danger. No one ever says that. And the thing about guardrails is they're there to minimize damage. Because if you hit a guardrail, it's, it, you, some damage will occur. But it's a lot less damage than if there had not been a guardrail at all. And that's the point of guardrails. Now, here's the thing. The reason we're talking about this is because we've done a lot of different series this past couple months. We did a whole series on mental health and anxiety. We did a whole series about sex called The Talk and your sexual integrity. And so we were talking about all these things, emotions and anxiety and emotional health and mental health and, and sexual integrity and stuff. And here's the thing. We can talk about all those things and we can make decisions about those things. But how do you maintain that integrity? How do you, how do you protect yourself? Well, the thing is, is that the truth is, is that every single one of us, in order to protect ourselves, we need some personal guardrails. We have to make some personal decisions to have some personal guardrails in our life in order to protect ourselves. Now, here's the thing, though, about guardrails. If you make a personal decision about a guardrail you should have in your life, culture will not encourage it. Culture does not believe in guardrails. Okay, what culture believes? Culture believes in painted lines, okay? Meaning, like, you know how painted lines are. I mean, they're there. For many of you, you just believe it's just a suggestion, right? I mean, it's there, it's a double yellow line. I'm not supposed to pass, but it's Lincoln County, right? I mean, you know, I mean that's that's how we treat a painted line. I mean, yeah, there's a hill ahead and somebody could be coming, but I really gotta to get to lunch really quick, you know. And so I mean that's what painted lines are. In our culture, they don't they don't like guardrails, they like painted lines, you know, just things that are you know kind of simple guidelines like you know, just drink responsibly or you know, just have safe sex. I mean, those aren't really guardrails, those are just good kind of thumbed up ideas, but here's the truth. And you know, this, because you've seen this, we see it all the time. The funny thing about culture is this, is that culture doesn't encourage guardrails. However, culture will cancel you if you go off the road. All right. I mean, if I shared my personal guardrails, the personal guardrails that I have in my family or in my marriage or just for myself, uh, culture would go, Oh my goodness, what a prude, what a conservative, Geez, you must have no fun. You need to live your life a little bit. But at the same time, if I go off the side of the road and I make a mistake, you can guarantee that I'm going to be canceled. That it doesn't matter how many good things I've done in my life and the one time that I may have messed up, people are going to say, you know what? That guy, his kids should hate him. His wife should leave him. He's unfit to be a pastor and he is done. That's what we do. That's what the culture does. And it's hypocritical and it's unfair, but it's the way things are. And so the best thing you could do for yourself is to protect yourself. And so when it comes to guardrails, we're not talking about what's right and what's wrong. Even if we look at the Bible, whether it be old Testament or new Testament, we don't see a whole lot of do the right thing. What we see and what is encouraged of us is to do the wise thing. And when it comes to guardrails, that's what it's really about. It's about wisdom. It's about being wise. So the way we like to ask this question, and we didn't come up with it, Andy Stanley did about in the year 2013, about 10 years ago, in a great book called Ask the Question. He says it like this. In light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing for me to do? People love this question. Because it just, it provides so much clarity, doesn't it? Because it's not about what other people are doing. It's about what you need to do. In light of your past experiences. In light of your current circumstances. In light of your future hopes and dreams. What's the wise thing for you to do? And so for today, and for the continuation of the series, we're going to break down different aspects of that. And today I want to talk to you about your friends and your associates. And you know what? We could even add family in there too. What's the wise thing to do with your friends and your family and your associates? Now, real quick, as I jump into this, what you're going to say is, man, it's, it, sounds, it sounds like you're asking me to be a little judgmental, okay? And I'm not, okay? I'm not asking you to be judgmental, okay? There's a difference. There's a difference between judge, being judgmental and exercising good judgment, Okay? Judgmental? Judgmental is when I evaluate and judge your life and then expect you to do what I think you ought to do. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about having good judgment. We're talking about, look, look, look at the world. In, 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 light of, in light of your past experiences, let's pose the question this way, okay? In, in light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do with the company I keep? That's not being judgmental. That's just having good judgment. Okay? And you've got to have good judgment because we all know that our friends and our associates and the people we do life with have. An effect on us as a matter of fact you all remember when you were a kid how paranoid your parents were of who your friends were of who you were hanging out with this is a great Sunday because I literally have my parents here where are my pa- my parents are here today and my in-laws are here as well okay so this is perfect because my parents were super super paranoid about who I would hang out with about who I would do life with I mean if they were outside of the youth group I would get great thrilled about who, who this person was. It's like an episode of kindergarten cup. Who's the daddy and what did they do? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the vibe. And it was just constant, you know? And I remember, man, I remember, especially in middle school, if you grew up around here, I grew up in O'Fallon. And so if you grew up around here, the coolest thing you could do on a Friday night was go to mid rivers mall, you know, just just get dropped off at Mid-Rivers Mall, you know? And so I beg my parents on Friday nights, man, mom, dad, will you, will you take me to Mid-Rivers Mall? What are you going to do there? Do you have any money? I have absolutely no money. Well, what are you going to do there? I just want to stand around, okay? Well, who are you going to stand around with? I don't know, a pretty girl and some other pretty people. I don't know, we're just going to do that. Okay, well, you're not going. Well, you know. And what did we do? When our parents said that kind of stuff, when they were paranoid about our friends, when they said we couldn't go to that party, we couldn't go to that thing, we we're like, oh man, mom, you stink, you hate me. I'm never going to have friends. I'm never going to meet anyone, right? And we were so paranoid. And so my parents were paranoid about the people I would hang out with, but I got on both sides Because I had people who were paranoid about me. Because my dad's a pastor. And here's the thing. If you don't know anything about pastor's kids... Pastor's kids are on one end or the other of the spectrum. They are either angels and beautiful, beautiful, well-behaved people. Or they are the spawn of Satan. There is no in-between. Okay? Unless your dad was a missionary. Then it's up for grabs. But if, if your dad was a pastor... So, anytime I'd start dating a girl, they'd be like, So, who's your daddy and what does he do? He's a pastor. Wow! You're a PK? And they'd look at me, you know, they'd get it. And except for when I met Jeff and June, you know, when I met Jeff and June and I walked in the room, they thought, Never mind. All right, anyway. <laughs> Never mind. Even though she's the only child not working for the family business and I took her away to St. Louis, I'm sure they love me to death. Right, June? Good. Well, that's on YouTube now, so you have to live by that. Okay, but I got it from both sides. But now, now I'm grown up. Now I have kids. Now I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And us millennials, we're parents now. Can you believe this? We're parents. We have teenagers, and we have we have kids. And now, now the thing is, we are all paranoidier. That's not a word, I know, but. We are. I mean, that's the best way to put it. Is we are. We are paranoidier. And you know the reason why we're paranoidier? Is because we have social media. Right. I mean, when my parents asked me, you know, who's your friend, who's, your, who's their daddy and what do they do? I could have made something up. You know, if I was smart, I wasn't that smart back then, but I could have made something up. But now we don't even need to ask our kids, do we? Because by the time that I've met my kids, friends and their parents, I've gotten I've looked at their Facebook. I've looked at their Instagram. I have looked at their TikTok, I've looked at their only fans. I mean, I've seen it all. Some of you need to ask the person next to you what OnlyFans is. Anyway, but I've seen it, and I and I and I'm, I'm paranoid now because why why are we get paranoid? Because you remember, you remember you and the people you knew, and here's the other benefit that our that our parents didn't have. Our parents had friends who they thought. We're good people, you know, but they never got to follow up with them, you know, but here's the thing. I have Facebook stalked those kids who went to mid rivers mall and I know how they turned out. Jenny Kipple's the only one that came out unscathed, but the rest of them, I actually, owe oh, my parents, thank God. You didn't send me to mid rivers mall. I didn't know it was a gateway drug to so much other stuff, but here's the thing. That's not being judgmental, right? That's just being Caringly creepy. That's all I'm saying you need to do. am not asking you to be judgmental. I'm just asking you to use good judgment. And be a little creepy. Because we all know this. Because we've lived long enough. We've all experienced this. You know this to be true. Your friends determine the direction and quality of your life. It's true. Your friends determine the direction and the quality of your life. And here's the thing we know the thing the thing that makes friendship marvelous is also the thing that makes it dangerous. Because when you enter into a relationship with somebody, a romantic relationship, a friendly relationship, even especially when you're family, what do you do? You're vulnerable. You turn the filters off. It feels like it's a safe place. So it feels like you can be honest, you can be vulnerable, you can be open. You let your defenses down. And that's the great thing about friendship is that you can do that. But the same thing that makes it marvelous is the same thing that makes it dangerous. Because if you're vulnerable with the wrong person, if you're trusting of the wrong person, if you open yourself up and you're honest to the wrong person, it can be to your detriment. We all know this. And the thing that you have to be aware of when it comes to yourself is that you need to understand that you are an acceptance magnet. Okay. I know, I know many of you because I used to think of it myself, you know, when I would tell my parents, just let me go to mid rivers mall. I'm a good kid. I'm a good kid. I would never do that stuff. And you think you're the strong one, right? You think I'm the one who's going to be able to stay sober. I'm not going to join in with everybody. I have enough willpower. I, I, I can, I can outstand and I can outlast everybody. I'm going to be the shi- the shining light, but here's the thing. It's just not true. Actually, science, neuroscience has actually proved it. Uh, there's a, a study that was done over a decade. It was over 10 years. And it was uh, done by a person named Moran Surf. Moran Surf, a Northwestern university. Wouldn't you hate to have that name, right? You walk into an interview and they're like, hey, moron. It's pronounced Moran, okay? Oh, Sorry. Just reading the paper, you know, but Moran Surf did this study and what they did was is they studied relationships in groups of people. And what they identified was is that when groups of people are in proximity with one another, what starts to happen before any decisions or any behavior is that our brain waves begin to sync up. So our brain waves start to all flow at the same frequency, and this is what Moran said. She said in her study, she said the more we study engagement, we see time and time again that just being next to certain people actually aligns your brain with them. Isn't that fascinating? I mean, it's even, it even happens in this room, right? I mean, I say a joke, some people laugh, mainly my mother, you know. And then what happens? You know, some of you, I see your faces. You have nervous laughter, right? You're like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. Ha 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 ha. Okay? Even if you're on your phone, you don't even know what I just said. But you're like, ha, ha 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 ha. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, back to what I was doing, right? Because what's happening? Because right now it's even happening. Our brains are aligning together. And then the, she goes on and she goes, says this. She says, if people want to maximize happiness and minimize stress, they should build a life that requires fewer decisions by surrounding themselves with people. Who embody the traits they prefer, and then she she says this. She says, "Oh, go back one. Go back one more." She says, "Your brain will start to line up with the people you ultimately want to be. Over time, you will naturally pick up those desirable attitudes and behavior." See, this is why this is so important. You think you think you're tough. You think you can be a light in a dark place, but here's the thing. Is that when we're around people just naturally. This is just neuroscience. This is just something that, that God designed in us and put in us. Is that our, our brains already start to align before decisions are even made. Before behaviors even develop. So you have, you have to pay attention to where you are going. And who you are going with. You just have to. And here's the interesting thing. Neuroscience is just figuring this out. But this is actually something that the Bible talks about. That was something that was written 3,000 years ago by a man by the name of Solomon. He was a king of Israel. He was considered the wisest man who ever lived. God asked him, what do you want? And he said, I want wisdom so that I can properly lead your kingdom and your people. And God said, that is so humble of you. That is what I will give you. And so he he gave him this wisdom. And he wrote all of these different parts of our Old Testament literature um, and gives these little nuggets of of wisdom. And, And this is what Solomon said, this proverb that's written. He says... Walk with the wise, and you'll become wise. And again, this lines up with what Moran Sir found, and even in her study. Yeah, you walk with the wise, and you will become wise. Then Solomon goes on and says this, Walk with the wise, and you will become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, a fool is, again, not a word that we use very often. But in the original Hebrew that this was written in, that, that means a person who's not looking where they're going. Okay? That would be like if I kept walking over the edge and I wasn't aware that there was a, an edge here that I could possibly stumble over. That's, that's a fool. And what's interesting about what Solomon says is about what he doesn't say. Because if... It, I don't know about you, but what I would expect him to say is, Hey, walk with the wise and you become wise. Walk with a fool and you'll become a fool. But that's not what he says, is it? He says, for a companion of fools suffers harm. This is just like what my dad used to tell me. And I used this example the last time we were together. When I would go out and drive or I would go out and I would go somewhere and my dad would ask... Where are you going? Who's going to be there? Who's going to be in your car? Who's going to be driving? All this stuff. I would always tell my dad, Dad, I know what I'm doing. Dad, I'm a good driver. Dad, you can trust me. And what would my dad tell me every time? It's not you I'm worried about. It's all the other stupid people. Right? Because that's so true. Because it's not that a companion of a fool becomes a fool. It's not that. It's that a companion of a fool suffers harm. Because when your friends, associates, or even your family... Do something stupid when they walk like a fool, you might not even have done anything wrong. You might still be a person of integrity. But when that bomb goes off, guess what happens? You get stuck in the shrapnel, don't you? And some of you know exactly what that's like. Is you've got that family member, you've got that friend, you've got that co worker. That it just doesn't seem how much good you do or how much integrity you have, they're a fool. And if you're close enough to them, it's a guarantee that when that bomb goes off, you always get stuck in the crossfire, don't you? And it seems really, really unfair. It seems like, man, I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. But the thing we've got to understand is that's true. Is that, The truth is, is that friends and family who aren't careful with their life, they won't be careful with your life. They won't. And you can think to yourself, I'm strong enough. I can be their anchor. I can be the shining light. I can be the person who pulls them up. They need me. We say all kinds of things like that. But here's the thing. Here's the truth. And you need to know this. Is that friends and family who aren't careful with their life aren't going to be careful with your life. And you're going to get stuck in the crossfire. When the bomb goes off, the shrapnel is going to hit you too. And we all have friends. We all have family who say things. They drag they they, they they what whoa. Okay. We'll fix that later. Anyway, uh we all have friends, we all have family. Where where this happens to us and what happens so many times is we get stuck in the crossfire and we get things like this. We 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 get things like don't don't leave me by myself. Don't make me drink alone. I don't want to be the only one. I need you to come with me. And here's the thing. If they, if they, whoa, oh, it's back on. Jesus, you're back. Okay. Um, If they, they, they don't have personal guardrails for themselves, then what ends up happening is that's why you need personal guardrails from them. You have to have personal guardrails from them because they they don't have any personal guardrails for themselves. So, here's the thing: when it comes to this, okay, I want to give you a couple suggestions. And here's the thing: I, I, this, I, I gave you the Bible, okay. I gave you the gospel there, okay. The rest of this, this is just my suggestions, okay. This is this is Michael Davis's personal opinion on what you should do to have some guardrails for you, okay? You don't, You could disagree with these. That's totally fine. You could think these are way too conservative. That's all right. But these are just based on what Solomon just told us, right? Walk with the wise and you'll be wise, okay? But a companion of fools suffers harm. That's the truth. So based on that, these are just some recommendations of maybe some personal guardrails you need to have for yourself. And here's the first one. When it dawns on you, your people aren't moving in the direction you want your life to be moving, it's probably time to put up some guardrails. Okay? When it dawns on you that the people that you're with aren't moving in the direction you want to be moving, it's time to put up some guardrails. Here's the thing about friendship and relationships, man. Friendships and relationships, friendships and relationships are either growing or decaying. There is no stagnant. Okay? They're either growing or they're decaying. And when you notice that they're decaying, when you notice that your friends are headed in a direction that you don't want to go, then man, it might be time to put up some guardrails and to make some changes in your life. That's sometimes hard with family, right? When you start to see family do that and you're like, man, what am I supposed to do? Just forget my family? I'm not telling you just to forget your family. But I am telling you that there's nothing wrong with putting up some guardrails between you and your family. Because you need to protect your safety. You need to make sure that you don't get sucked into the problem. You need to make sure that when that bomb goes off, that you don't get stuck with some shrapnel. And so, yeah, you've got to pay attention to this. And it might be time for you to put up some guardrails when those people are headed in a direction that you don't want to go. When Your company, the company that you're working for, the people you work with. When you start to see a company... Possibly morally go in a direction that you don't want to go. I talk to people all the time like this is what's going on in our company. This is the direction they're headed. I don't know if I agree with this. I don't know if I can support this. I don't know if I can help these people make money or take their money. Then yeah, you know what? Then it might be time to put up some guardrails or to possibly change your job. The second thing is this. When you catch yourself pretending to be someone you're really not. When you get in those situations, and we've all been in those situations. You ever find yourself in one of those situations when you're nodding yes, but in the inside you're like, I don't agree with this at all. But I'm nodding because we're standing in a circle and everybody's laughing and everyone thought that joke you told was funny. Although it was wildly inappropriate and I don't agree with it at all. I I need to leave is what I need to do because this is a fake smile. When you get in those situations, okay, then guess what? It might be time to put up some guardrails between you and them. And look, I know, I I get it, right? Some of you are like, but those are my friends. Those are my friends. That's my family. But here's the thing. Don't settle for friends who force you to pretend to be someone you're not. Because here's the thing. If you pretend to be somebody you're not, guess what that makes you? A liar. And how good of a friend are you really when you're lying to your friends? The other thing is this, third suggestion. When you come away feeling exhausted from being around them. You ever had that happen in a relationship? You ever gone to, hung, you, gone, you went and you hung out with family or you hung out with friends? And it, you I mean, I don't know what it is. Like you, You can go, you know? I mean, you can go to a three-hour picnic. I mean, what's the big deal? But you come home and you're like, did I just run a marathon? Like, my brain hurts. I need a nap. I need to reset myself. What happened? Here's what happened. Exactly what Moran Surf just was talking about is what was happening. Is that you're a person possibly of integrity with morals who thinks a different way. And then you got around with those people who think differently and your brain started to sync up with them and you literally could feel the brain zap happening and you're like, oh no, defenses are going down, you know, and it's exhausting. It's exhausting to be around people like that who are foolish with their life. And even sometimes the fools, they think it's hilarious. Sometimes the fool tells stories of how foolish they were. And you're again, you're like, ha 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 ha, ha, ha. this is exhausting. Here's the thing, guys, you don't have to stick around for that. When when you come away feeling exhausted from being around people like that, it's totally fine to put up some guardrails. It's perfectly okay to limit the amount of time you spend with those people or how often you see them or to have a relationship with them at all. And then the fourth thing is this. When this relationship becomes a one-way road, when you're in a relationship with somebody and it is just about Them. They want to tell you what they're doing. They want to tell you their problems. They want to tell you what's going on with them. Them and them and them and them and them. And And they never stop to ask, oh, hey, and how about you? How are you? But if it's just always about them, that is what we call a codependent relationship. It's when that person, they don't want to be friends with you. They don't want to have a relationship with you. They just want to use you. They need you. They don't want to go to counseling. So they just want you to be their free counselor. They come to you and they're dependent on you. And here's the truth. So many times it's easy for us to become dependent on them because it makes us feel good to help somebody else. And again, some of you have friends. Some of you have family. You're like, oh no, they need me. I'm their anchor. They wouldn't last two seconds without me. They can't do it without me. Uh, Look, you ain't Jesus Christ, right? You're not going to be able to be anybody's savior. That's great that you're able to help somebody, but that's not a relationship. And that puts you in a very toxic position. Don't put yourself in those positions. That's not who God wants you to be. And that's not where anybody needs you. Don't put yourself in a relationship that's just a one-way road. And the last thing is this. When, when you hope the people you care about don't know your whereabouts, <laughs> it's time to put up a guardrail. Okay? And again, man, w- this applies to all of us. But especially when, if you're young... Guys, all right, if you're a teenager, if, if, if you are going in places where you're like, man, if, if pastor knew where I was right now and what I was doing, I would be a little embarrassed. I'd be a little ashamed. Okay. Just go ahead. Take this face in right now. Okay. Just the next place you go to that place that you're not supposed to be doing that thing you're supposed to do. Just picture me going, I know. Okay. That'll creep you out. Okay. And I'll find out about it because you put everything online anyway. All right? So I see it all anyway. But here's the thing. If if you hope that people you care about don't know your whereabouts, come on, man. That's the nucleus of a lie. Right there. That's the beginning of a lie. That's the beginning of somebody asking you, so what would you do last night? What would you do this weekend? And you're like, I can't tell them because I'd be ashamed. I'd be embarrassed. That's not something I want to share on Sunday morning when we turn to each other after talking about vanilla or a chocolate. <laughs> They're like, what would you do this weekend? I don't want to tell you where I was July 4th. <laughs> I blew stuff up and then I blew myself up too. I don't want to tell anybody. If that's you, then here's the thing. It's probably time to possibly put up some guardrails. So here's the thing. You you could listen to this, right? And we could you could think, man, this... I, I don't know about some of this. So Maybe I think that's a little conservative. I could disagree with that. And, and that's fine. But the thing we have to understand is, again, the thing that makes friendships marvelous is the thing that also makes it dangerous. And when it comes to the wise thing, when it comes to wisdom, you could disagree with me about some of this stuff, but, but Jesus said this in Luke. He said, Wisdom is proved right by all her children. Here's the thing me and Kate tell people all the time, people tell us all the time, you know, do you you think this is the right thing to do with your kids? Do you think this is the right thing to do in your life? Do you think this is the right thing to do with your church? And the thing that I always tell everybody, I used to be able to say, ask me in 10 years, but now Olivia had a birthday. So I have to go ask me in nine years because Olivia in nine years will be 18 years old. And everything I do, I do in mind of where the life I want my daughter to have when she's 18. When she's a young adult and the relationship with God that I want her to have and the relationship with the church that I want her to have, everything I do, I have my kids in mind. And I always tell them, I don't, know if, I don't know if I'm right. I'm just trying to do the wise thing. And I won't know if actually what I did was right or wrong until I'm in the future. Because the results will always speak for themselves. And that's the thing when it comes to wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is not proved right in an instant. Wisdom is not proved right in a week. Wisdom is proved right over time. And so here's the thing. If you decide to set up these personal guardrails for yourself in your relationships, you're not going to know next month if you did the right thing. You're not going to know by the next Christmas if you did the right thing. You have to give it time. You have to give it time. And over time... Wisdom will be proved right or wisdom will be proved wrong. But we all know that the direction and the quality of our life is always determined by the people that we're going with. So, I'm going to pray for you this morning. And as we pray, I bet already in your head you're thinking of a relationship or an association or even a family member maybe. That you're like, you know what? I need some guardrails from these people. I need these, some guardrails from these people because their decisions, their decisions possibly have the potential to impact my life, whether I'm a person of integrity or not. And I don't want to get caught up in this. You know what? I want to surround myself with people who are going where I want to go. That's the beauty of the church, people. That's the beauty of what we're doing here today. I'm not trying to brainwash you. What I'm trying to do is I want you to know that there are people all around you with the same brokenness as you, the same problems as you, the same season of life as you, the same weaknesses as you. And the thing is, though, if we can all get together... And learn about Jesus. And learn how to be people of integrity. Learn what it looks like to love God, to love others, and to love ourselves. To learn what it looks like to have sexual integrity. To take care of our mental health, our emotional health, our spiritual health, our physical health. And if we can collectively come together with our brokenness and go in this direction, guess what happens? We all win in the end. Then together we grow as people. Then together Jesus makes our life better and makes us better at life. That's the goal. That's what we want for you. That's why we want you here. Because we believe that the direction and quality of your life is determined by the people you're going with. Let me pray for you. Father God, as we bow our heads and we close our eyes, we can all probably think of Somebody that we're in a toxic relationship with, a relationship that is not leading us where we want to go, not making us who we want to be. We've had those moments where we've been caught in the storm, caught in the accident, where the fallout has affected not just them, but us. And so, God, would you help us this morning to do the wise thing? Not the right thing, but in light of my past experiences, my current circumstances, my future hopes and dreams. God, will you show me what the wise thing is for me to do? Would you help me to be wise with the company that I keep? Father God, will you lead us in the right direction? We love you. We thank you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. If you guys would stand, we're going to sing one song together and then CJ's going to dismiss you. And again, I want to invite you to go downstairs.